0: This is the Bible in One Year, Day 34. Three types of victory in your life. Jose Enriquez was one of the 33 miners trapped 2,300 feet underground when a section of the San Jose copper mine in northern Chile collapsed. It was the 5th of August 2010. For 17 days, all rescue attempts failed. There was no sign of life in the copper mine. The trapped miners had enough food for three days and a little drinking water. They faced the prospect of an agonizing death through starvation. I interviewed Jose Enriquez and his wife Bianca at HTB. They told how they had prayed to God for a miracle. He described the moment on the 22nd of August when a drill broke through into the tunnel where the men were trapped they hammered the drill with iron rods they sprayed paint on it they sent up many messages on it only one stayed on the drill as it went back up to the surface the message read we're fine the 33 in the shelter in total the men survived a record 69 days underground before they were brought to the surface. More than a billion people watched the rescue live on television. There were extraordinary scenes as everyone celebrated a wonderful victory. The life of faith is full of challenges, trials and troubles. But there are also times of victory. In the passages for today, we see three different types of victory. Psalm 18 He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He
1: drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes, who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me, because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. THE LORD HAS REWARDED ME ACCORDING TO MY RIGHTEOUSNESS, ACCORDING TO THE CLEANNESS OF MY HANDS IN HIS SIGHT.
0: VICTORY OVER YOUR ENEMIES David faced many battles in life. He was surrounded by enemies. They were too strong for him. However, they were not too strong for God. God rescued him from those who were too strong for him and brought him into a spacious place. I stood there, saved, surprised to be loved. If you're in a spacious place at the moment, remember to thank God for it. If not, cry out to God to rescue you. And if any of your family or friends are struggling at the moment, pray that God will bring them into a spacious place. Lord, thank you for the times that you've brought me into a spacious place. Today I pray for... New Testament, Matthew 22 then
1: the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites! Why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him at denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, They were amazed, so they left him and went away. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us, the first one married and died, and since he had no children he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage they will be like the angels in heaven but about the resurrection of the dead have you not read what god said to you i am the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob he is not the god of the dead but of the living when the crowds heard this they were astonished at his teaching Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him
0: any more questions. Victory over your critics Jesus' opponents interrogate Jesus with three questions, a trap, a trick and a test. Each time he's victorious and gives an answer that not only amazes and astonishes, but also influences the whole of human history. What can we learn from Jesus' answers? First, don't divide your life into sacred and secular. The Pharisees planned to trap Jesus with their words. They said to Jesus, Tell us then, what's your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? The taxes they referred to were extremely unpopular. If Jesus had said yes, he would have been discredited in the eyes of the people. Everyone would have hated him and seen him as a traitor, wanting to help the Romans. If he had said no, he would have been guilty of sedition and liable to arrest and execution. Jesus, in his unique wisdom, did not lay down rules and regulations, but expounded principles that are timeless. He gave an amazing answer. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God What is God's? Every follower of Jesus has a double citizenship. You have a responsibility to play your part as a good citizen involved in the structures of your society on earth. You are also a citizen of heaven with a responsibility to God. In principle, the two, Caesar and God, need not be in conflict. You are called to be a good citizen of both. Get involved in the life of your society. Don't withdraw from it. It's not that God is in charge of the sacred area of your life and the government is in charge of the secular area of your life. Rather, your whole life is under God's authority. Part of your commitment to God is to honour and obey the demands that the government legitimately makes on you. In the same way that a coin would have borne Caesar's image, you bear God's image. God wants you to give him the whole of your life. Second, know that there is life after death. Next, the Sadducees come along with a trick question about a woman with seven husbands. Because the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, they designed a complicated trick question to show how absurd it was. Jesus replies, You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Jesus uses the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, which are the only ones the Sadducees trusted, to show that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. He does this by quoting God's words to Moses at the burning bush. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Although Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had been dead for hundreds of years, God did not say, I was their God, but I am their God. They're still alive. Jesus is showing that this life is not all there is. Furthermore, there will be continuity between this life and the life to come. There is a physical resurrection. Yet there is a discontinuity too, for we will be like angels in heaven. Above all, the scriptures show that there will be a resurrection, and if God is all-powerful, why shouldn't there be? Third. Prioritize love for God and others. Then the Pharisees came up with a test question, to which Jesus gives a brilliant answer, which goes to the heart of the whole of the Old Testament. Love God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence, and love people, love others as well as you love yourself. Everything else is detailed working out of these two commands. Having silenced his critics, Jesus then asked them, a question about his identity. He shows from the scriptures that the Christ is not just David's son. He is David's Lord. He demonstrates that the Messiah is far more than simply a great human king. This not only challenges their assumptions about the Messiah, it is also a veiled indication to them of Jesus' identity. This is a moment of victory for Jesus. That stumped them, literalists that they were, unwilling to risk losing face again in one of these public verbal exchanges, they quit asking questions for good. Father, please give me wisdom like Jesus to avoid the traps, to deal with the trick questions, and to answer the testing ones. Old Testament, Job 30-32 to But now they mock me, men younger than I,
1: whose fathers I would have disdained to put with my sheepdogs. Of what use was the strength of their hands to me, since their vigour had gone from them? Haggard from want and hunger, they roamed the parched land in desolate wastelands at night. In the brush they gathered salt herbs, and their food was the root of the broom-bush. They were banished from human society, shouted at, as if they were thieves. They were forced to live in the dry stream-beds, among the rocks and in holes in the ground. They brayed among the bushes and huddled in the undergrowth. base and nameless brood they were driven out of the land and now those young men mock me in song I have become a byword among them they detest me and keep their distance they do not hesitate to spit in my face now that God has unstrung my bow and afflicted me they throw off restraint in my presence on my right The tribe attacks. They lay snares for my feet. They build their siege ramps against me. They break up my road. They succeed in destroying me. No one can help him, they say. They advance as through a gaping breach amid the ruins they come rolling in. Terrors overwhelm me. My dignity is driven away as by the wind. My safety vanishes like a cloud. And now my life ebbs away, days of suffering grip me, night pierces my bones, my gnawing pains never rest. In his great power, God becomes like clothing to me. He binds me like the neck of my garment. He throws me into the mud and I am reduced to dust and ashes. I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me, you turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand you attack me. You snatch me up and drive me before the wind, you toss me about in the storm. I know you will bring me down to death, to the place appointed for all the living. Surely no one lays a hand on a broken man when he cries for help in his distress. Have I not wept for those in trouble? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? Yet when I hoped for good, evil came. When I looked for light, then came darkness. The churning inside me never stops. Days of suffering confront me. I go about blackened, but not by the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry for help. I have become a brother of jackals, a companion of owls. My skin grows black and peals, my body burns with fever, my lyre is tuned to mourning, and my pipe to the sound of wailing. Job chapter 31 I made a covenant with my eyes, not to look lustfully at a young woman. For what is our lot from God above, our heritage from the Almighty on high? Is it not ruin for the wicked? Disaster for those who do wrong? Does he not see my ways and count my every step? If I have walked with falsehood, or my foot has hurried after deceit, let God weigh me in honest scales, and he will know that I am blameless. If my steps have turned from the path, if my heart has been led by my eyes, or if my hands have been defiled, then may others eat what I have sown, and may my crops be uprooted. If my heart has been enticed by a woman, or if I have lurked at my neighbor's door, then may my wife grind another man's grain, and may other men sleep with her. For that would have been wicked, a sin to be judged. It is a fire that burns to destruction. It would have uprooted my harvest. If I have denied justice to any of my servants, whether male or female, when they had a grievance against me, what will I do when God confronts me? What will I answer when called to account? Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one form us both within our mothers? If I have denied the desires of the poor, or let the eyes of the widow grow weary, if I have kept my bread to myself, not sharing it with the fatherless, but from my youth I reared them as a father would, and from my birth I guided the widow, if I have seen anyone perishing for lack of clothing, or the needy without garments, and their hearts did not bless me for warming them with the fleece from my sheep, If I have raised my hand against the fatherless, knowing that I had influence in court, then let my arm fall from the shoulder, let it be broken off at the joint. For I dreaded destruction from God, and for fear of His splendor, I could not do such things. If I have put my trust in gold, or said to pure gold, You are my security. If I have rejoiced over my great wealth, the fortune my hands had gained, if I have regarded the sun in its radiance or the moon moving in splendor, so that my heart was secretly enticed and my hand offered them a kiss of homage, then these also would be sins to be judged, for I would have been unfaithful to God on high. If I have rejoiced at my enemy's misfortune or gloated over the trouble that came to him, I have not allowed my mouth to sin by invoking a curse against their life. If those of my household have never said, Who has not been filled with Job's meat? But no stranger had to spend the night in the street, for my door was always open to the traveller. If I have concealed my sin, as people do, by hiding my guilt in my heart, because I so feared the crowd and so dreaded the contempt of the clans, that I kept silent and would not go outside. Oh, that I had someone to hear me! I sign now my defence, let the Almighty answer me, let my accuser put his indictment in writing. Surely I would wear it on my shoulder, I would put it on like a crown, I would give him an account of my every step, I would present it to him as to a ruler. If my land cries out against me and all its furrows are wet with tears, if I have devoured its yield without payment or broken the spirit of its tenants, then let briars come up instead of wheat and stinkweed instead
0: of barley. The words of Job are ended.
1: Job chapter 32 so these three men stopped answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. But Elihu, son of Barakal, the Buzite of the family of Ram, became very angry with Job for justifying himself rather than God. He was also angry with the three friends because they had found no way to refute Job and yet had condemned him. Now Elihu had waited before speaking to Job because they were older than he. But when he saw that the three men had nothing more to say his anger was aroused so elihu son of barakel the Buzite, said i am young in years and you are old that is why i was fearful not daring to tell you what i know i thought age should speak advanced years should teach wisdom but it is the spirit in a person the breath of the Almighty that gives them understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. Therefore I say, listen to me. I too will tell you what I know. I waited while you spoke, I listened to your reasoning. While you were searching for words, I gave you my full attention. But not one of you has proved Job wrong. None of you has answered his arguments. Do not say, We have found wisdom. Let God, not a man, refute him. But Job has not marshaled his words against me, and I will not answer him with your arguments. They are dismayed and have no more to say. Words have failed them. Must I wait, now that they are silent, now that they stand there with no reply? I too will have my say, I too will tell what I know, for I am full of words, and the spirit within me compels me. Inside I am like bottled-up wine, like new wineskins, ready to burst. I must speak and find relief, I must open my lips and reply. I will show no partiality, nor will I flatter anyone, for if I were skilled in flattery, my Maker would soon take me away.
0: Third Victory over your temptations the book of Job demonstrates once for all that sin and suffering are not necessarily directly connected to an individual's sin or lack of sin the whole point of the book of Job is that although Job is not perfect it is not Job's sin that caused his suffering Job was blameless and upright he feared God and shunned evil Job knew that in spite of the accusations of his friends he had a totally clear conscience it is as if he had been put on trial, facing his accuser in the dock with an indictment against him. In today's passage, he gives his defense. Job's life was an example, an inspiration and a challenge. This is a wonderful picture of holy and righteous living. First, keep yourself pure. He said, I've made a covenant with my eyes, not to look lustfully at a girl. He was not enticed in his heart into adultery. He realized that adultery is a fire that burns the house down. Second, avoid materialism. He did not put his trust in riches in spite of the great wealth he had. He did not put his hope in pure gold by saying, you are my security. Again, his heart had not been secretly enticed. Third, love your enemy. He'd resisted the temptation to hate his enemies. He didn't gloat when his enemies were in trouble, which is such a powerful temptation. There's a great temptation to speak words of anger, but Job did not allow his mouth to sin by invoking a curse against his enemies. Fourth, be generous. It's not just in his personal life that he avoided sin. He was fair to his employees. He did not deny the desires of the poor. His door was always open to the traveler. Lord, help me to live with a clear conscience, to keep myself pure, and to put my trust in you alone. Thank you that through the cross of Jesus, you make forgiveness for my past failures possible, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can be victorious over temptation. Pipper adds, I'm very impressed with Job's confidence that God will find him blameless. He gives a very long list of the way he has lived his life, including that he has not kept his bread to himself. I didn't feel at all generous when I returned home to find that Nicky had given away all the chocolate brownies that I'd made to a group of visitors. I have a long way to go.